This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 362. The biggest things, if you take this away from leading a, a team, is you have to know yourself because the way that you operate and run needs to be in alignment with the people that you hire. It's not just enough that they're skilled in certain marketing things. They need to be able to work in a way that aligns with how you work. That was marketing master Nikki Nash sharing a unique piece that maybe you haven't thought about when you are considering hiring people to support your business and your growth. In this week's episode, we dive into what do you need to consider when you're hiring a rock star marketing team? And if you don't feel like you're at the place yet of hiring a whole team, that's okay. We still want you to lean into this information because planting a seed now is going to profit you in the future. So join us as we build a rock star marketing team this week on the Star Coach Show. Hello, welcome to the show. It's great to have you join. I'm excited to bring you another episode that's really going to help you with your business building perspective. Now I've got a secret. This show tends to be for coaches and leaders to build skills, to build businesses, to change organizations with coaching. And this episode today is going to move the dial for you, whether you are selling rugs somewhere in a brick and mortar business or whether you are a coach, because we're talking about how you bring on a rock star marketing team that helps you grow your business. Now, as I said in the opening clip, if you're not at a place yet where you feel like you can hire a whole team, please do not go away. The information shared in this show is going to be so valuable for you as you consider your role in the marketing that you're doing for your business and how you can grow into having people on your team to help support you and help support the growth of your business. And Nikki and I talk about the fact that you might be hiring maybe somebody to help with an aspect of social media, or maybe you're hiring somebody to help with a newsletter. There are many, you can chunk this down, and yet the wisdom that Nikki is going to share in this episode is just so critical for how we think about bringing people into our business to help do the heavy lifting with us. My guest this week is master marketer, Nikki Nash. She is known for crafting mind-blowing strategies, assembling kick-butt marketing teams, which is what we're talking about today, and freeing visionary CEOs like you from the marketing grind. Previously, before she went into this business, Nikki helped Fortune 100 companies and tech startups create more money. Now, Nikki is helping business owners like you meet their goals, reach their dreams. She is a fellow podcast host. Her podcast, Market Your Genius, is one that I highly recommend. She also has a book, Market Your Genius. So in today's show, I asked Nikki, 
What do we need to be considering when we're bringing people on? Because I get that investing in hiring somebody can be a big leap sometimes. So we want to do it effectively. Join us as we dive into how you can build a rock star marketing team, whether it is piece by piece or the whole team, we still have great information for you. And we'll see you on the other side. Nikki Nash, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I appreciate you taking time to visit with us and bring forward this great information about how we can build a rock star marketing team for our business, even in the midst of doing a move yourself. And isn't that the way it is to be a business owner? We've got like personal things going on, but we always have to kind of keep our eye on the business, do what we need to do for our business. And so I appreciate that you're bringing your expertise forward while you've got all these spinning plates going on in your life. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Anytime. The only thing that is constant is change. So... (laughs) Got to roll with the punches. Got to roll with the punches. And, and you know, that's true for our clients, true for ourselves. And we talked about the many things that you do and the value that you could bring to this audience. And it was really truthfully hard for us to zero in on the one thing because I could talk to you for a week and we could just like let everybody get the incredible value from all that you have to offer. We thought, you know, building a team sometimes and and figuring out what is a marketing team? What do we need to think about? What perspective or mindset shift changes might we need to think about? And, you know, a big theme in coaching is the being and the doing. And as we were talking about what the audience needs to think about in the way of building a marketing team, we sort of thought we got to lean into the being and we have to lean into the doing. And so let's start with what would be considered a rock star marketing team? Yeah, you know, I think the ultimate goal and vision for someone with a marketing team is that they're able to be, you know, their own self leaders, like they're coming up with opportunities to help grow the business. They're very much intrapreneurial, right? They're thinking like an entrepreneur, but inside the business and really working to help uh, generate new leads attract uh, clients, maybe uh, in an ideal world, working hand in hand with a client success team or assistant or associate coaches to help uh, retain clients, bring back the knowledge from the clients and, and bring that insight into marketing messaging and things like that. And there's this beautiful world where clients are referring you new business. You're also bringing in new leads through other marketing channels that you have clients that stay with you and that, you know, clients are coming back to you. That's the ideal situation from a results perspective. And then from a team, it's just like a well-oiled machine can run mostly without you may need your content. If you're the face of your business, right? They need your content. An insight, but in an ideal world, it's just like crushing life, growing the business, making money, and and is pretty much a well-oiled machine is is the goal usually. Love that. And there was a couple things you said there that I really want people to hear. First of all, that your clients and the feedback that they're giving needs to be collected, needs to be harnessed. That language is gold when it comes to marketing. So that was one of the things that sort of you you said there that I was like, okay, let's make sure everybody heard that. 
our happy clients are going to give us the language and the material to use in the marketing team. The other thing that you said is that a really, well, you said lots of great stuff, but the other thing that I wanted to lean into was that, yes, when you're the face of your business, you're creating the content. And when you've got a rock star marketing team, you don't have to get into the nitty gritty of how that's, they should be able to repurpose that, take your content and use it effectively in marketing versus you having to not only create, but direct on how it's going to be used. And, you know, so I've created a podcast, a rock star marketing team should be able to create posts from that create a blog even from that, create many different things that that piece of content that I've created with my fabulous guests often, how is that going to be used to draw people towards you? So I just wanted to double click on a couple of those things. When we think about having a team, how do we need to think about it? Like, where do we need to be in our mindset about that? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing is for people to realize that that dream that I just outlined is like, a destination that requires a lot of phases and stages before you get there. And I think so often people are like, great, I hired this marketing person and they're just going to take care of it. And I'm just, you know, tossing the marketing baton over to them and life is magical. And then pretty quickly they realize it's not magical and they're frustrated and sitting there like, I thought you were supposed to handle this and and you're supposed to to have this. Yeah. And so I think the first perspective that would really be beneficial for folks is to realize that until they have a marketing director or like that's fully in place and has their stuff together or a CMO or someone high level, until you have someone that is managing the team, making sure everybody's rowing in the same boat, understands the business, that person is you. Like you are the marketing conductor is the way I like to look at it until you hire one. And a marketing conductor, if you think about an orchestra, is the person that's like, here's the song that we're playing, making sure every person in the orchestra is playing the right song at and their part at the right, at the time. right time. In, in even, harmony. Yeah. Yes. In harmony. And even though it's very separate roles, when it's all together, it creates this beautiful music, like this beautiful sound and beautiful creation. And I think so often people have doers on their team that have very specific expertise, right? Like they have somebody who plays the clarinet and they're like, why can't you also play the oboe? Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. literally, yeah. I was like, what's a good string instrument or something? Oh, right? a violin. Yeah. The, a violin, yeah. But no, like, or the oboe. I love it. Like what, what is something that's so different or the harp? It's like, why can't right. you play that? And it's like, well, I was trained in this very specific thing. Yeah. And I'm I, a beautiful clarinet player. Right. However, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so I think a lot of times people don't know what they don't know, right? Like marketing is one of those buckets that are filled with so many micro talents, right? You have somebody who specializes, you can say somebody specializes in social media, but there's a bajillion social media platforms and often someone's just an expert in one of those platforms. And even so their expertise might be in either creating content or you might have someone that's great at, at strategy, Right. And so I think it's really understanding that you in your team, you're going to need some people that are doers and they can get stuff done. You're going to need some people that are strategists that can like think strategically. And in an ideal world, you really have people that are hybrid. They're like strategic doers. You'll have a mix of these in your business. 
But oftentimes, until you can afford to have the mix of those things, you're likely going to have a model where you are the strategic thinker, you're the strategic Mm -hmm. thinker, and then you hire some doers underneath you. So I love that you said that. So that says to me, because you know, we we have a mix of people listening and there are going to be people who have that team in place or in a place to hire that team. And then there's going to be people listening who are like, I could afford to hire somebody a couple hours a month to help me. So what that would say to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that if I'm in that place of the strategic conductor, I'm going to have to have a vision. I'm going to have to understand what is it that I want those doers for a couple hours a month to do? And how do I get clear about that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I'll walk you through my process. And then I will also say that like you can absolutely bring on someone that's either a marketing strategist or a consultant or someone and do like a VIP day with them or a coaching session with them usually to help you feel confident and really look holistically at everything. But you know, the the first thing I always do and people often don't realize this is so important to marketing is you have to get really clear on what the goal and vision of the company is. Like, where do you want to be in the next 12 months in the next 36 months, right? Like usually one to three years is good. It's if you have 10 years out, great. But oftentimes to come up with a marketing strategy and game plan that makes sense, you want something that's going to have legs and going to last for a while because you know it marketing doesn't work where it's we do this thing and it works tomorrow it's really much more in my opinion like doing a science experiment if you were an inventor it's like you're inventing something and you have a hypothesis but there are so many variables and so many things that you're gonna have to tweak and adjust along the way and so it works really well if you're building a plan that has a long-term goal in mind right so where do you see the business going start there write that down and say okay dear marketing strategy person, or when you put that hat on, you're thinking, this is what I'd like to happen in the next, you know, three years. Here's where I'd like to be by the end of this year or in the next 12 months. Here's where I'd like to, what I'd like to see or evidence or magic that's happening in the next six months. And then you just kind of break that down a little bit, but it all starts with the big vision. And then once you're clear on the vision for the business, you then have to ask yourself, what role does marketing actually play in that vision? Right. Right. Some things may be marketing plus client success or like the delivery of the program plus sales or things like that. So you really want to think what is marketing's goal or or success bit plan? What does it look like to be successful in marketing? And how am I going to measure this and know that we're actually successful? And you might not know. So how could, I mean, obviously somebody who is a marketing guru or expert like yourself would know. How does marketing fit into that? And yet I'm wondering how can the listeners get clearer about the role that marketing would play? Yeah. So the way I look at marketing is probably more traditional and, and old school than the way a lot of folks look at marketing today. But I've also been in marketing for decades now. So I'm looking at it from, you know, typically marketing is looking at who's the like who's the person that you're marketing to? Like who's the who's client? Your ideal client, yeah. Ideal client, making sure the messaging's on point, making sure the price point of what you're offering makes sense for the audience. 
that you're targeting and vice versa. Cause oftentimes pricing comes first, um, depending on what your business model is, right. Mm-hmm. Cause you want to make sure that you can profit from whatever it is you're offering, but your marketing covers everything from, you know, pricing to the person that you're marketing to, to the way that you're promoting that product or, or service. Um, to where people um, can buy, how they're going to buy it. And uh, if you're thinking online, marketing is literally like, okay, what is the seamless experience from someone who like hears about this product or service goes here? Like we're really thinking about the entire customer journey. If you split marketing sales, the way I look at it is marketing is from the second someone hears that your business exists through the moment that they are really saying, like educated that your offer can help them and are pretty close to being a heck yeah. Um, For most coaching businesses, marketing and sales, especially if you're um, like sub 20 million, even 10 million, you're below 10 million usually. Usually the marketing and sales kind of, the baton pass is literally just at the time of the sales call. Oftentimes with bigger companies, it might be a little bit earlier. But if you think about everything that happens from the moment somebody hears your brand until the moment they book a sales call is falling under marketing, there's a lot going on there. And so you really want to think through, okay, with our vision and our goals from looking at marketing through that lens, what are all the the pieces that are important for marketing to focus on? Excellent. Okay. So... The other thing that I wanted to just kind of circle back around to for a second and get a little more clarity about was the vision that you talked about. What do you recommend for just how clear that vision is? I mean, is that vision like I want to have 10 clients a month? Is that vision I want to, I mean, how specific and clear are you recommending that people get about their vision? Yeah, the vision should be very clear, but not have nothing to do with how the heck you're going to get there. So the vision should be things like the way I look at it is I like to answer general questions around like, what's the revenue? What's the profitability? Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a team, uh, what is the team dynamic? Uh, I really like looking at what are my clients saying about me? Like what, what is the experience like? You know, how do my clients feel? Like I just get really crystal clear. You want to almost paint a picture that it's, as clear as a movie, but it's not, here's how we're getting here. Here's all the things that are happening. Here's just the vision. It could be things like the podcasts that you're speaking on or the stages that you're speaking on or the, you know, what the press and media is saying about you. So, but it's just having clarity because then from there, people, you can say, okay, the vision was to have clients say this, our clients actually saying that about us. The vision was for us to speak on this, these specific stages. Did we speak on any stages and let alone, did we speak on these? And so you want it to be clear so that people know where they're going. It's like the GPS destination, right? Like G- you're not asking or telling GPS how you're getting somewhere step-by-step because if right. you knew, you wouldn't need GPS. Exactly. You're just saying, hey, GPS, here's where we're going. And so that's what you want to be able to provide to yourself and any team members is really clear. Here's where we're going. And here's what I see as our destination. Love that. And I just want to kind of bring a coaching principle into that, that we've got to get really clear about where we're going versus where we don't want to be. So I don't, you know, I don't want to be struggling anymore to get clients or I don't want to, you know, well, it's sort of like, I don't want to be in New Jersey. Well, there's a whole lot of other places I could be. So really create a clarity about where you're going and what that looks like versus all the I don't wants because don't wants are going to drink pull your energy towards that. A hundred percent. And 
And a good indicator that your vision is clear and that you're going in the direct right direction is how you're feeling. So if you are lit up and you feel um, positively about the vision that you've created, and it's not to your point in avoidance of, it's a being pulled towards vision, then you're like, all right, this is a great, clear vision. If you're coming up with a vision, because to your point, I don't want to deal with these types of clients, or I don't want to have these financial struggles. That's not pulling you towards anything. It's really, if it's pulling you towards anything, it's pulling you backwards. It's not pulling you forward. So um, sit down, maybe sit by outside in nature, have a couple of Somewhere where you got your Zen, yeah, Yeah. whatever creates your Zen and really paint that picture of where you want to be. Exactly. Love that. We'll be back to my interview with Nikki Nash right after this message. In this week's episode, we're talking about the support you need to grow your business and specifically through the marketing team that you're hiring. However, there's many different ways that we need support as entrepreneurs and solopreneurs. And in that, I have built the Star Coach community specifically to fill the gaps that I know that coaches have when they are trying to establish a brand, a name for themselves, break through all the frustration and overwhelm that can come from trying to build a business, especially if we've never been an entrepreneur before. So I've created a page just for you to explore what is available in the Star Coach community. And that is available at starcoachshow.com slash community. If you'd like to be able to have direct access to me, to ask me questions, to get those barriers out of your way, I can't think of a more cost-effective way for you to do that. If you'd like to be able to rub elbows with some of the spectacular guests that we have on the Star Coach Show, you can do that in the Star Coach community. And you have the opportunity to be in a community of coaches who support you, who are like-minded and heart-centered, and we do the lifting together. So between the plethora of resources that I have available for you and the hands-on experience that you get in the Star Coach community, I can't imagine a better deal. And it's a great gift if you are looking for what do I want people to give me for Christmas? How about an annual membership to the Star Coach community so that when we're talking next year at this time, life has changed for you because you applied yourself and were supported with the community, challenged to get traction in your business and make things happen. That's what we do in the community. And I invite you to join us. So explore at starcoachshow.com slash community. Now let's get back to my interview with Nikki Nash. So that brings us into sort of the perspective shift that we sometimes have to have to make, um, starting with shifting away from, because scarcity is not attractive and panic is not attractive. So when we are in this place of building a rock star team that's going to help us, what do we, how do we need to see ourselves? And you talked a little bit about it first, we might be the strategic driver of that. What else do we need to think about and see ourselves in that process? 
Yeah, I, I really think it's important for people to see themselves as 100% responsible for the results and feelings or like for their team, the results of their team. That does not mean your team is not also 100% responsibility, but like you have to go through the lens of if my team or team per mate or person is not meeting expectations, then there's something that I need to adjust or change, Right. And you really want to lead from a state of, how do I want to say this? It's really looking at leading your team with a sense of you're accountable and also they're accountable. And that's something that needs to be a conversation and explicitly said, and people need to be on board ideally before you even hire them with that mentality and mindset. So that's number one. I think the second thing is really making decisions based on their alignment to that vision. I think what happens often with entrepreneurs, because tend to be a little bit creative, tend to be inundated with a lot of ideas and content, tend to get really excited, is you could be creating sometimes the experience of a leader that has like no direction and the shiny object syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the hardest things for team members is when you're saying, hey, here's the direction, here's where we're going. We great, we have a plan. And then you speak to Susie and Susie says, well, this is what worked really well for my business. And then you go back to your team and go scrap that. I talked to Susie, we're changing. And then you talk to Fred and Fred's like, actually, this is what worked. And then you're like, scrap this. Cause I talked to Fred and, and that- boy, Fred lit me up with his ideas. And, yeah. and so nothing gets traction because you're changing all the time and talk about frustrating for your team. A hundred percent. And usually the business owner is frustrated because they're like, why the heck can't my team keep up? Why? Like I'm moving fast. We've got to keep moving, blah, blah, blah. And so you really want to sit down and go, okay, I plugged into the GPS that this is our destination. Unless something happens like a monsoon wipes out that destination metaphorically, mm-hmm. that is the destination that we are going to, that we've committed to as a team. And we want to find the, the most enjoyable way to, as a team to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's something that really is down to the leader. It's really knowing that you are driving the car, you are steering the ship, like you are leading this machine. (laughs) And if you feel like it's not working, then take some time to look at the role you've played in that. So ownership starts here. Be aware of the fact that everyone's looking to the leader. We do inspire a shared vision, but we also have to do what we say we're going to do. And so all of that sort of starts in the place of where we need to see ourselves, the lens we're looking at ourselves through. And then what do we, how do we need to see the team? Yeah. You really want to look at your team as in the most positive light that you can. And I'm a big believer in hiring slowly and firing quickly. And the reason for that is because I can think of a million people that I could interview and they're not going to try to put their worst like foot forward, right? Or create the worst image of themselves during an interview. And so, so often people will look at a resume, ask someone a couple of questions in an interview and just trust that they've got this and that they'll be a great fit for the company. And that may not be the case. And so you want to really look at your team as someone who the person who's coming on to work with you has their own vision for their life, their own dreams, their own aspirations. And you want to make sure that one, that 
the opportunity that you're providing them from a career perspective is in alignment with their goals and dreams and that their goals and dreams and them going after it will also help you move your goals and dreams forward. Right. And so you want to make sure that it's a win-win relationship. Mm -hmm. You want to like always operate from what is going on inside my team's mind. Like they're human beings as well with their own set of dreams and limiting beliefs and fears. And so the best thing you can do is really have their interest and their desires at heart as a priority, but not to deprioritize yours. It's in alignment with, it's how do you frame everything based off of their motivations, their goals, their dreams. Um, and also making sure that you hire slowly so that you know that you have the right person and that you actually trust that person because you've spoken to them for longer than right. you know, a week. What do, do you have any recommendations for what somebody might ask of a potential team member as they're bringing them on to their team. Now, I know that that's going to depend upon the vision and and what the goals are. And But in general, what are some things that have been kind of reaped success for you in exploring who you might want to work with? Yeah, I'm a big fan of one, really coming up with some sort of project that might be something that they would actually have to do in that role, or is at least an indicator of their competency and ability to do it. I am also a fan and or not opposed to paying the person for their time to do that project, right? So if you Mm -hmm. want someone who really captures your voice because they're going to be writing your newsletters, then you might want them to actually write a newsletter for you, but you may say, Hey, this is part of the interview, but I'll pay you a flat rate of X, Y, and Z. And you don't want to, by the time someone gets to that stage, you don't want to be interviewing like tons of people, right? you you know, paying 52 people to write a newsletter for you. Yes, exactly. Um, But you, you might want to compensate them in some way, shape or form, but really do things to see, do they have the ability to do this role? I have not done this for contractors, but I I do believe in doing it in general, and maybe it's finding a, a way to do it for more full-time folks or, or things along those lines. But I like uh, assessments, so different types of personality tests or, or assessments, not so much to figure out like, oh, what is, do I like this person, but do their skills and their way of working and being complement the other folks on the team and or yourself, right? Like I, it took me going, working with a number of team members, especially early in my career, to realize how I am. I had no idea that I was a highly auditory person or how highly auditory I was and how that impacts everything. And so I need to talk things out. If someone can't just listen to me talk, digest that information and roll with it, we're not going to be a good fit, right? And so what I love about that is that it took you a while to to learn that about yourself. But once you know that to be true, that becomes valuable information for how you make hiring decisions. Love that. Actually, my first VA that told me that she's like, oh, you're an external processor. You're highly. And then um, my business partner today, she's like, yep, you're highly auditory. And we joke because we can tell, right? Like she will, will both be reading the same book because it has value for us as business owners, and we want to be able to discuss it together, she will get a physical copy from the store and read it. I will get the audiobook. I may get the Kindle edition and read it along with the audiobook, but I have to hear it. If I'm not listening to it, it is not going to stay in my brain the same way. And so it's just learning about yourself. That's probably one of the, <laughs> the biggest things if you take this away from leading a, a team is you have to know yourself because the way 
that you operate and run needs to be in alignment with the people that you hire. It's not just enough that they're skilled in certain marketing things. They need to be able to work in a way that aligns with how you work. So important. Oh, so many good things. So that kind of leads into a little bit about how do I get the right people on my team? Anything else that comes to you top of mind about getting the right team together? And obviously, unless somebody is doing very, very well, they're probably hiring bit by bit. So a little bit about that too might be helpful. Absolutely. I think a couple of things. The first thing is really realizing that when you're bringing someone on your team or looking to hire someone is that I'm a big fan of not waiting until you are desperate and need someone to start looking for hiring. Every time I meet someone, whether it's at a networking event, um, a friend is referring me, I'm hearing about someone who has a positive experience with a company or something, I'm thinking and speaking to people and getting to know people and figuring out, is there an opportunity for us to work together? My business partner and I have an org chart for when our business expands to a certain point. Like we literally have like an org chart. And every time we meet someone or we've people we already know, we're running in the back of our mind, oh, they would be such a good person for this role because of their skill sets and how they show up and how they work. And so even though we've never had the conversation with this person, we're constantly like we we just stay connected. And when the time comes, we'll make the offer. They may or may not want to take the job, but at least we know who we're looking for and why. And so I think that's always helpful. When you don't have, you know, if you're like, I need to hire someone tomorrow, I have not been spending, you know, the last years, months, days, whatever, cultivating relationships with potential hires. Um, What you really want to do then is sit down and go, okay, who do I know in my network that might be able to connect me with the type of person that I'm looking for? When you're, if you're promoting it online and you have a job description, then you may want to ask yourself, who am I looking for and how can I best find out if this person meets those skills, right? Like if you need someone that's going to be um, dealing with clients, you might want to have them submit a video to you or to write certain emails so that you can see how they communicate and see how they show up and how they present themselves. If you have someone who is going to be managing your calendar, you may give them a sample, (laughs) you know, you may do certain things to go, okay, how can I really test and tell if this is going to be a good person? Um, Do I trust them? Do they get along with my family? If they're going to be showing up at my house, I'm making this up, but you really want to But there's so many multifaceted is what I'm hearing. Like, Think about what the need's going to be, the different special circumstances that you might have, and then figure out how can I creatively um, test this or explore this before, because it's money and investment when you bring somebody on. So if you bring somebody on who doesn't work, you know, like you said, you're going to have to let them go. Don't try to extend it and carry on the agony. But if you take your time hiring, like you said, and, and making sure that it's the right fit, then then that expense is is hopefully thwarted. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that I will just say is that I'm a big fan also of um, doing, if you can, in some way, shape or form, some sort of trial run where you say, hey, we're going to work together for the next 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, you're going to be paid. But it's not a guarantee that you're going to stay on the team until after that, you know, trial run period. Companies have probation periods, you know, just have a probation period with your peeps. A hundred percent. And it's something that I didn't think about or do when I was hiring initially, because I just went, 
I was overly optimistic and just went, oh, I need someone. I need them in the seat. I need them to get stuff done. They seem competent. They're in the seat. But it makes your life harder (laughs) if you do not have the right person in the seat. And that can take time. And so you want to bake in as many elements to either give yourself time and or speed up and collapse time (laughs) through the interviewing process so that you know if someone's a good fit. Uh, And again, when it comes to marketing, it's really realizing that they may have their expertise. They may even be strategic, but until you have one person who is like, here are the business goals and they um, have created a plan that in a strategy that, you know, is in alignment with your vision and goals, then that person is you, unless you bring on a consultant to help you in the short term. And so oftentimes you want to sit down and ask yourself based off of this strategy and plan, who is the right person on the team to help make this vision a reality? And that's, if I were to give you one more question, that's Mm -hmm. the, the, the last question I would really think about when you're choosing someone, is this someone who can help realize the vision that I have? And it's completely okay. I, in fact, encourage you to talk about the vision during the interview process and ask them what skills, knowledge, and or personality traits will help them effectively make that vision a reality. Love that. The other thing that you said as we're wrapping up time, because I know that that we're getting to the end of time, but you had said something that sort of a flash went off for me. And, and I think it would be helpful information. Even if you're not in a place of hiring a full-time strategist, let's say, You had mentioned, you know, that doesn't mean you can't reach out to a marketing expert and do a VIP day or do a consultation or do something so that when you're in that seat as the strategist for your team, you are in the best position possible to do that. So could you talk a little bit about what might that look like reaching out and doing a consultation or a VIP day with somebody? Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is find someone who is a strategist and an expert in, it doesn't have to be your exact industry, but it's really important if it's your business model, right? So like if you have a coaching business model um, or a consulting business model, or an online course business model, you don't want to hire someone that only does things for products, like right. or, or right. department yeah. stores. It's for really brick not and mortar companies or brick whatever. Companies, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, not your person. So you wanna you wanna make sure that they are a good fit for you. But really, what that could look like is um, you sit down with them and you go through what are your goals and objectives. Where has your business? What has your business done to date? Really, um, I'm a big fan if they do some sort of audit to see what's working, what's not working in your business, looking at your numbers, looking at anything you have, and then making a marketing strategy and game plan from there. And then, so that's like the first thing that you walk away with is likely some sort of marketing, maybe additionally a content plan, um, maybe even clarity on who who you need on the team to help make this a reality. And because, as I mentioned earlier, marketing is really a science experiment with a lot of variables. Ideally, that will be someone who will be willing to meet with you quarterly, or a little bit more frequently if you need it, just to go, okay, here's the plan and the strategy that we created. Here's what we implemented. Here are the results. Can you review them with us and make any tweaks and adjustments along the way? I call it the mad scientist framework. It's (laughs) M-A-A-D. And it's, you make a plan, 
activate the plan, adjust the plan based on the results and do it again. And ideally you'll have someone that's with you at the major stages. Like they helped you make a plan. You activated the plan. They help you adjust the plan based on the results. And then you go do it again. Oh, so good. Nikki Nash, you have been such a fountain of wonderful information. I am so appreciative of you joining us. We're going to have links on how you can learn more about Nikki and the work that she does in the show notes for this episode. As we're wrapping up, anything that I left on the table that any like sort of uh, departing thoughts that you have? Departing thoughts, I would say the simplest strategy and game plan is usually the one that works best. So you don't have to overcomplicate it. If you truly know that you would love some support in this, like, let me know. I'm happy to help. Or if I'm not a good fit, think about help you find someone who is. So that's brings me joy. And it brings me joy to spend time with you. So thank you for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me. There you have another absolutely wonderful guest here on the Star Coach Show. I am so grateful for the guests who come and share their expertise to help all of us grow and be successful and profitable in the businesses that we're running. My conversation with Nikki continues in the Star Coach community. And if you want to know more about what we do in there, go to starcoachshow.com slash community and get a peek behind the curtain of some things that are usually only available to subscribers. Check it out at starcoachshow.com slash community. Now, next week, I introduce you to Master Certified Coach Mike Green. Mike and I are going to be talking about what is your coaching truth and how we all have our own truth that brought us into this profession and that we bring into our partnership with clients. So join us next week for that conversation. If you're enjoying the show, consider rating and reviewing wherever you listen so more coaches find us and share the show. So until next week. This is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.